unto thee, O Lord. Do I lift up my samples of trophies that we're going to give out uh, when you're able to say some of these things. For example, if you are preschool, that means you aren't in school yet, before first grade, something like that. If you can say that song, hear, believe, repent, confess, you can have this trophy. You can get a trophy just like this. Okay. Now, for those of you that are older, You've got to be able to say not only the hear, believe, but you've got to give me the verses that go with it too, right? And then even beyond that, there'll be a, another award if you're able to not only uh, give the name and the verses, but you can do the words of the verses. There's something else for you too. Now, these are some things. How many plagues were there in Egypt? Uh, seven. No, ten. Let's sing it. He turned water to blood, frogs and lice. Don't forget those dirty old mice. Here to kill the cattle, boils and hell. Darkness covered the ground, darkness failed. Pharaoh pronounced the death of the firstborn. This is the mastery of the ten plagues. Now, that is uh, an animal there on there, okay? It's not a 4-H trophy. That's the only thing I could come up with in all my years for the ten plagues. Mirin killed the cattle, the animals. So it'll have mastery of the ten plagues on there if you can get that particular trophy. 
Now there's some other things that we're going to learn as we go to. One of these is going to be the seven ones. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, and so forth. We're going to uh, get to that eventually. And, of course, the Beatitudes. Right? We'll learn the Beatitudes. See that bee on there? That, that bee-looking animal? Bee-attitudes, you see. We've got a bee on there. Alright? And then, of course, we'll have some trophies like this. Uh, I'll be giving you all some cards as time goes by where you'll learn facts about a certain thing. Like This is about Jesus' facts here. I'll give you facts that you have to memorize and be able to say back in order to get a trophy like this. And there's going to be trophies in regarding to numerous things, alright? So I've already got several that know some of these. And I would like for you, the best thing you can do is to go to one of the elders and say, I want to say the plan of salvation or whatever. And they'll let me know, and I'll get you a trophy. And if you're just too shy to do that and you want to come to me, I've even had videos come to me. Parents make videos at home of their kids that are shy. You know, that uh, I'll do it great at home, and they'll send me that. So whatever you want to do, I just want to tell you, these are the kind of trophies that are going to be available to you uh, in regard to learning some things that I want you to learn, okay? All right. This is how we worship God. Worship God. Worship God. This is how we worship God according to His Word. The Lord's Supper. We partake of the Lord's Supper. Lord's Supper. Lord's Supper. We partake of the Lord's Supper. Remembering His death. Sing. We sing praises to our God. To our God. To our God. We sing praises to our God. Singing in our hearts. Pray. We pray to the Lord our God, Lord our God, Lord our God. We pray to the Lord our God in Jesus' name. Worship. That's the whole thing. Okay. Uh, preach. We listen to the Word of God, Word of God, Word of God. We listen to the Word of God and increase in faith. One more thing. Give what? Offering or money to who? God. God. We give our money to the Lord, to the Lord, to the Lord. We give our money to the Lord, showing Him our love. What's the key verse of authority of the Bible? It's Colossians. Okay. Whatever you do, and whatever you need, do all in the name of the Lord. Whatever you do, and whatever you need, do all in the name of the Lord. Our theme here at Boonville for the whole year. What verse? Philippians what? 413. Y'all look, didn't you? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Philippians 413. One more time. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Philippians 413. Excellent. And uh, if somebody asks you, why do you believe in God? What song can you sing? What verse can you sing? Hebrews what? It's not one and two, but what? Three and four. Three and four. Alright. Hebrews three and four. Every house is built by someone. Every house is built by someone. But he who built all things is God. Alright. What are the fruits of the Spirit? There's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. Faithfulness, 
and self-control. These are the good fruits. These are the good fruits. These are the good fruits. All within my soul. Love, joy, peace, and faithfulness. Patience, kindness, and goodness. Gentleness and self-control. These are good fruits in our soul. These are the good fruits. These are the good fruits. These are the good fruits. All within our soul. All right, I'm going to close out with the questions tonight, okay? I wish we had more time. Time's about up. What is true success in life? Living your life and going to heaven when this life is over. Excellent. What's true failure in life? Living your life and going to heaven when this life is over. Okay, and what's God's ideal for marriage? One man, one woman for life. And why were you made? To glorify God. To glorify God. And because God made you, what does that mean? I am special. Say it like you mean it. I am special. Tomorrow is Monday. Another day of school. What are you going to do all day long? I will do my best. I will. Let's start all over. What are you going to do tomorrow? I will what? Let God take care of the rest. Now, I want you to remember that if you learn those things with the verses that go with it that I gave you the first week, and I'll give you another one if you want it, you can get a trophy for that as well. All right, I will do my best. I will never give up. Let God take care of the rest. And I'll always remember that right is always right, and wrong is always wrong. It's never right to do wrong, and it's never wrong to do right. And that's right because I'm right. Excellent. All right, let's close out with our song. One, two, three. One and two, Jesus loves you. Three and four, he loves you more. More than you ever could love before. Five, six, seven, murder in heaven. Eight and nine, it's divine. Now we sun right up to ten. We don't have time to see it again. All right, y'all did a good job tonight. Thank you very, very much. Before we go to our classes, uh, we first of all want to uh, welcome each of you to our services tonight. We've got a good crowd tonight, and we're very thankful that you're here. Uh, we are honored that you've chosen to uh, come and be a part of our worship service tonight, our Bible classes, and we want to invite you to come back anytime that you have an opportunity. Uh, Wednesday night is the next time we'll meet together at 7 o'clock, and you'll be blessed uh, if you'll take the time to come and be with us uh, for one of our Bible classes, and we hope that you'll do that. I was just thinking before I came over here this afternoon, two weeks ago today, thousands of Christians in Ukraine were meeting in their places of worship. They were at peace. Everything was just going well for them. And the brethren over there really, really are thrilled to be able to have the opportunity uh, to worship God. Two weeks from two Sundays ago, today, their homes are being destroyed. Many of their homes have been destroyed. The Christians, as far as we know, seem to be doing uh, fairly well, especially compared to the general Population. I think a lot of that has to do with the prayers that are going out on behalf of those brethren. Literally millions of prayers are being worded on behalf of those Christians over there that peace will prevail. And I believe there's power in prayer. We need to continue to, to pray that 
somehow God will bring this atrocity to an end. And so, you know, we're here meeting in the cool of this building. Think about what it would be like if our homes were under fire, if the places that we lived were in danger of being blown to bits. You know, we often don't think about that. You know, we fail to realize that everything around us is temporal. It's not going to last. And uh, we are subject to human frailties, as is everybody in the world today. And so let's be thankful for what we have. At the same time, let's remember those who have experienced great loss, Uh, not only loss of life, but loss of material things. And so we're going to go to God in prayer before we dismiss the class. And I'm going to ask Brother Tony to come and lead that prayer and uh, ask him to remember uh, that particular situation in that prayer. Our Father, thank you for all of the young people that we have tonight. We, we're so thankful and we're so blessed to have this group of young people in our congregation. Father, we pray that you will be with those that will be teaching tonight. Help them to do the very best they can to teach the truth about Jesus and his church. Be with those that are in Ukraine, those that are Christians, protect them. Father, we pray for a swift end to this conflict. These things we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.
back and I'm going to teach right here every Sunday. So next Sunday, I just want y'all to know I'm going to stand right here again. If y'all want to sit back here in the back, that's okay, but I'll stand right here. Uh, so if y'all want to move this way, y'all just, y'all just keep what I say that next Sunday. I just, I just told them, I didn't need to. I won't be here next Sunday. Y'all, can, y'all remember Brandon Hancock is getting married uh, this coming Saturday. It's a big deal for us. So we'll be in Huntsville. But uh, Drew will be teaching next Sunday. I'm sure he'll stand right here. Uh, it's good to see you, though. Glad you're here. Really excited about tonight's lesson. Um, been studying this week. Been studying a lot today. Um, hope, hope you can get something. Or I, I know we can. I hope that I present this lesson in such a way that we all benefit from God's word tonight. Of course, I'm just his messenger. Of course, the powers of the gospel. I have up in front of you, I hope. Yes. I just looked at the bulletin today. Uh, kind of made sure and left some people on that we have been remembering over the last few weeks. Uh, didn't know if uh, we wanted to add anybody to this list or give an update of anybody on this list. Hopefully you can see it before we start a prayer request. Yes, sir. All right. Thank you. This one here. Who did you say that? Beth, E-T-H, Beth Hinch. Beth Hinch. English. English. Friends of the family sister. Beth Hinch. Say it again. Yes. You can change mics. Change mics. Okay. Sorry. I thought I had the one with the, I don't do it. No, keep going. I'm trying to remember. Anybody else? Yes. Gerald Vane Tyler. All right. Sorry for that, y'all. How about that? Ooh. Yeah. I'm already too much. Y'all don't, y'all don't need too, too much. But I'll let them control it. They're the, they're the experts, not me. Y'all can complain to them. I'll just do my talking. All right. Chopper, you said Geraldine Taylor. All right. Somebody spell Geraldine. All right. Who else did you say? Did you say somebody? Gary Short. Okay, thank you. Thank you all for mentioning these folks, by the way. All right, she wants to give an update on Savannah, so I'll try to repeat her a little bit so y'all can hear. Okay. Said Savannah's doing well. Said they're in, still in Europe, and she's uh, doing her thing over there, flying from Belgium to Rome, and just living her life. But she does appreciate your prayers. Thank you very much for that. Good. I don't, 
I, I don't have Larry on here, do I? You didn't see him, okay. Okay. Anybody else? All right, do me a favor before we go to God in prayer. I'd like to start off with our scripture reading tonight. We'll read, uh, we will read Genesis chapter 3. So if you want to turn there, Genesis chapter 3. And I want to remind us of what we're discussing and what we've been talking about. And specifically, when you get down to verse 14. The Lord said to the serpent, because you have done this, cursed are you above all livestock and above all beasts of the field. On your belly you shall go and dust you shall eat all the days of your life. I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. To the woman he said, I will surely multiply your pain in childbearing and pain you shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be contrary to your husband, but he shall rule over you. And to Adam he said, because you have listened to the voice of your wife and have eaten of the tree of which I've commanded you, you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground because of you. In pain you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Thorns and the thistles it shall bring forth for you. And you shall eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your face you shall eat bread till you return to the ground For out of it you were taken, for you are dust, and to dust you shall return. We're going to expound on those verses again today. We'll look at other verses in the Bible, of course, to help us explain some of the topics I want to discuss. But this will be where we start. So I hope you'll leave your Bibles open there as we go to God in prayer, asking for his blessings on our class here. Bow your heads, please. Dear Heavenly Father, we... Of course, thank you, thank you for, for who you are and how you take care of us. Father, we're so blessed and we know that. We're so thankful that we can call ourselves Christians and be a part of your family. And Father, we don't want to take that for granted. We want to make sure we give you the, the glory for that. And then, Father, there are. we ask you to be with us tonight because we're here to to learn more about your will and to, and to study your word. And so our prayer is that you'll be with me as the messenger of your word. And, and Father, of course, ask you to be with everybody in here as we open up our hearts to listen to what your will is and, and help us apply it and, and better serve you. And then, Father, we have so many on our list that need you. So many friends and loved ones and families And Father, we're so thankful that you understand each one of their needs. But we're also very thankful that you give us an opportunity to show your love in our lives through through serving them. And So I want to pray that you not only be with each one of these individuals that we have listed and that we have talked about. But Father, we also pray that you be with us as your, your ministering servants and that we show your love through our lives. And then Father, specifically... We, we lift up those in Ukraine and, and the decisions that are being made across this world. And Father, we just ask, well, we don't, 
we don't ask. We're thankful. I want to say this first. We're thankful that you're in control. And Father, we just, uh, of course, in all things, want your will to be done. But we ask you to be with those who make decisions. Help them look to you. And then we ask you to be with those who are impacted by those decisions that you'll just continue to have your hands over them and, and take care of them. Father, we love you. We thank you. Thank you so much for Jesus Christ, whose name we pray. Amen. All right. I believe I'm ready to go tonight. Um, if not, the Bible speaks for itself, and y'all will make sure that uh, I'm corrected in whatever way that needs to be. We are going to kind of pick up where we left off last week. So last week, we studied Genesis chapter 2, Genesis chapter 3. We did it high level, but we did it for two purposes. We were discussing, or we were trying to discuss, um, basically the history of man. And, and, and what I mean by that is its origin, the beginning of man, and then moving into a little study of sin. Uh, because in chapter 2 and chapter 3, we find out how man was created. We also find out how man fell. And uh, now we're moving into the results of that. Okay? A little bit. We're going to move into the results of that. Now, I'm going to veer off to some specific topics that I do want to cover. Um, and you'll see those as we go through the class tonight. Specifically, one that I told you last week I wanted to cover, and we are going to kind of, I don't know about finalize is the right word, but we are going to cover it tonight, is the roles of men and women and what God has to say about that. And then I hope to move in, I know it seems odd to do it in one lesson, but I hope to move in then to a discussion of sin. And specifically, you know, this sin that, that Adam had, there are those today, and there's a lot of teachings out there today about sin, all based off of what some people believe are taught concerning this concept of total depravity, inherit sin. And then there's so many teachings that come from that. And so we're going to deal with those two topics. I know it seems odd that they may be in the same lesson, but I feel they're both presenting themselves through the words of God to Adam and Eve here. Now, last week we covered a little bit, verse 14. God addressed specifically the devil. And he says these things in verse 14. We addressed that quickly, but we, we did talk about that. But I want to move in now to what he says to Eve. In verse 16, and again, I'll read it. It says to the woman, I will surely multiply your pain and childbearing. In pain you shall bring forth children. Uh, your, your desire shall be contrary to your husband, but he shall rule over you. Now, I got hung up a little bit on this contrary to your husband piece. Uh, I use the ESV. I'll know that for, for, for most of you who are studying along with me. Many of you use the ESV as well. But I also note that the ESV has that number one there beside it. And I, and, I, and I will just press it to see what it says. It says, or shall be toward. Now that makes a little bit more sense. Uh, and, and probably, I'm sure contrary would make sense too if I put it in some kind of context. But if your desire shall be toward your husband, he says. But the, where I want to spin off a little bit, but he shall rule over you. Okay, 
This will be subject number one. And I told you I wanted to address it last week, didn't get to it, we're going to address it today. I want to ask the question, but we're in an auditorium class and I've learned it's just, it's just difficult. But my question I have here is, does man still rule over woman today? All right, Miss Sue spoke up and said yes. All right, she says, according to God's word, it does, and it will until the end of time. First Corinthians 11, maybe 3. I do know verse 9. Okay. Do know that one. So, I would love for us to be in a smaller setting, a more intimate setting. I would love for us to really be able to discuss this subject. I mean, I, I will say this. My boss at Toyota is a female. Does she rule over me? Okay. Well, all right. So there is some context. Are you telling me there's a little context here? So, you know, this is a, this is a point taken, right? Uh, I, I, I report to her. Literally. She asks me to do something. I say, yes, ma'am. We make it happen. Well, there is some context, okay? In the New Testament, we get there, you turn to Ephesians chapter 5. You don't have to turn there, but in Ephesians chapter 5, if you start, I believe it's in verse 22 there, it starts talking about husbands and wives and that relationship. We also know in Genesis chapter 2, it speaks of this, right? Uh, it, it tells us specifically when God kind of instituted marriage itself, and he says, a man shall leave his father and mother and cleave, or, you know, those, those, those words, that in the household, in the family, Ephesians chapter 5 tells us, yes, the wives are to be subject, right? That's a word, maybe one of those old words, to their husbands. In that sense, most people, now I, I will say I was reading articles today. I just started Googling today just so I could see if there was any prevalent articles out there talking about how this has changed in the family, and there are plenty, by the way. So the reason why I give you that or I tell you that is in my mind in this lesson, I thought, you know, I don't need to discuss that because Ephesians chapter 5, it's pretty clear. You know, and, and, and most people don't argue that in the home when it comes to the husband and wife relationship that there is, there is some roles that men and women are to play. And, and so I don't need to discuss that. So I said, okay, well, let me just make sure. So then I started Googling. I said, well, yeah, I probably do need to discuss that, but I'm not going to because of time. But you need to know Ephesians chapter 5. That's one context. But then there's this context of, and I don't know the rule over you is the, is the right word, but it's 1 Timothy chapter 2. So I do want to turn there. Turn your Bibles to 1 Timothy chapter 2. Okay, I want to study this text. I like textual studies, by the way, and I would rather do those 100% of the time. So we're going to do that. We're going to study this text just real quick and see what we can get out of it, okay? 1 Timothy chapter 2, I hope you have your Bibles open, but for those of you online that maybe want to follow along or others who don't, just you can follow along here. I'm going to read it. 
I desire that in every place that men should pray, lifting holy hands without anger or quarreling. Likewise, also, that women should adorn themselves in respectful, respectable apparel, with modesty and self-control, not with braided hair and gold or pearls or costly attire, but with what is proper for women who profess godliness with good works. Let a woman learn quietly with all submissiveness. I do not permit a woman to teach or to exert authority over a man. Rather, she is to remain quiet. For Adam was formed first, then Eve, and Adam was not deceived, but the woman was deceived and became a transgressor. Yet she will be saved through childbearing if they continue in faith and love and holiness with self-control. Okay, by the way, when I taught this, some of the people have heard this story before in this room, so you just have to... Uh, forgive me for that. I, I had a huge life lesson one time, and I, I will never forget First Timothy chapter two, verse eight. Okay, I want to tell you about this life lesson. Um, I had, I mean, I was in Iuka. It's not like I was in college, so I was coming and going. But they had asked me to speak, and so I, I spoke there while I was in college, and I. There was a young lady that I knew, and her boyfriend was by her, and I really thought he was a member of the church, but he wasn't. And I was trying to, man, I was so excited to get to meet him, and so I was like, hey, will you read scripture for me tonight? Yeah. So he stood up and read scripture. Well, shortly after that, uh, actually the next week, an elder, and I'll never forget, loving Mr. Daly. If y'all know Coy Daly, he is such a nice man. Um, Coy Daly came up to me just as nice as he could. And he said, Aaron, he said, we shouldn't have let him read scripture. I said, really? He said, yeah. He wasn't a member of the church and he didn't need to be reading scripture during, during our worship time. Ooh. Man, I felt like, this is Coy Daly, by the way. He's talking, if you know him, you just, I felt that tall. But then I started questioning myself. Is that true? I started asking the question. Did I really mess up? And y'all know me. I went, studied, studied, and studied. And the only verse I could find, that I could find, is verse 8. What kind of men are to pray? Holy men. Those who are set apart. Those are who in this context when we're talking about spiritual matters and specifically, maybe specifically public type worship. Holy men are to lift up hands. I tell you that for two reasons. Number one, this was the only verse I could find, but I'm certain people are going to come tell me more after I leave here because that's what it normally happens. That's great. I'd love to hear. The second one is this. You need to be mindful before you serve whether you can offer up holy hands. This was another application point for me that I wanted to make sure I applied to my life so I could always serve the Lord, especially in public worship. All right, side note. Now let's get back to what I wanted to talk about. But verse 8 is there, and you need to know it's there, and you need to study it for yourself. But then he transitions, okay? So the context, and this is what's important to me, the context here is spiritual matters. The context seems to be referencing 
uh, specifically some public style of worship, okay? In spiritual matters, he transitions to the, to the women and he, he basically says, look, you need to be respectful. You need to be modest. You need to be unassuming. And then he transitions to say, yes, and you need to learn with submissiveness. And matter of fact, I don't permit a woman to teach or exert authority over a man in these matters. Again, context, don't forget the context, in these matters. Rather, she is to remain quiet. I've read article after article, and I don't try to read these articles much, but I do read them just so I can understand the other perspective. I read articles after articles that this is cultural. That, that Paul was addressing a situation at this specific time. But you don't have to read far to understand that that's not what Paul's doing here. This is not a cultural situation he's dealing with. Why do we know that? What's the obvious clue here in this text? Somebody spit it out. So he says what? Adam was formed first. You've got to understand how many thousands of years ago was Adam formed first? Yeah. Thousands of years earlier, Adam was formed first. Do you think there were cultural changes from the time Adam was formed to, to about A.D. 60 or whatever time this was written? Absolutely it was. Matter of fact, there was so much changing that Paul had to deal with it in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. He had to deal with it in 1 Corinthians chapter 14. There was cultural changes back then. But 4,000 years later, approximately whatever that is, he still makes this point. The reason why this is the case is because Adam was formed first. Folks, this isn't Aaron standing up here telling you that this is Aaron's rule. This isn't the elders that tell you this. This is God saying this. Now, we found two contextual clues. One is in Ephesians 5 when it comes to the household. And then one's in 1 Timothy chapter 2 when talking about our worship and spiritual matters. I do want to deal with verse 14 and 15 just because I think they're interesting. I've always struggled with them a little bit and I just want to make sure I talk to you about it. You know, I, I always thought there was two reasons why. One is because Adam was formed first. And then I thought, and also because Eve sinned. I mean, if you get down to verse 14 there, it says, and Adam was not deceived, but the woman was deceived and became a transgressor. Now, with that said, we talked about this last week that, you know, Adam sinned, right? We mentioned that. Adam was a sinner, just like Eve was a sinner. The difference was, Eve was actually deceived by the devil. Adam made a decision and chose Eve over God. What some scholars will tell you, though, the reason why 14 is there, and I don't, I don't know if I totally buy into this, but it's, it's a, it may be a good, good reason. 14 is there because this is what happens when roles get mistaken. When Adam decided not to be a spiritual leader of his home, this is an example of what happens. Eve sins. When Eve or the wife decides to be the spiritual leader of the home, this is what happens. I don't know. It was just something that maybe you can do your own study about. 
And then the whole concept of childbearing. In verse 15, yet she will be saved through childbearing. I read another scholar that said, this is an example of how a female or a woman, especially a wife, can ensure that they do understand their role and their focus. Now, don't shoot me up here. I'm just telling you. So this is an interesting context. Interesting context. Now, I said all that to say this. I, I, I actually want to make sure this is clear. And I loved it. So I want to make sure I show it up here to you. All right. This is, uh, I think his name is David Miller. Make sure I got that right. He, he, he wrote this in Apologetic Press, if you want to look it up. I just, I went to him. Ken told me to use them the other day because I told you I'll use Christian Curry, and I do use this as well, but I don't use them as frequently. But he told me to look this up, so I did. And I thought, well, I'll just, I'll just search. What do they say about Ephesians, or 1 Timothy? I said Ephesians a while ago. Please stay with me. The verse is up there. 1 Timothy chapter 2. Listen to what he says here, though. I love it, so I want to make sure I read it. A final word needs to be said concerning the fact that both men and women must remember the Bible teaching, that Bible teaching on difference in role in no way implies a difference in worth, value, or ability. We know this, but I want to make sure I read. Galatians 3.28, where it says neither male nor female, 1 Timothy 2.15, which talks about she will be saved, and 1 Peter 3.7, heirs together of grace of life, all show that males and females are equals as far as the person and salvation status is concerned. Women often, and this is true even in my own house, are superior to men in talent, intellect, and ability. I hope that wins me points. Women are not inferior to men any more than Christ is inferior to God, citizens are inferior to president, or church members are inferior to elders. Here's the key. The role of women in the church is not a matter of control, power, or oppression. It's a matter of submission on the part of all human beings to the will of God. It is a matter of willingness on the part of God's creatures, male and female, to subordinate themselves to the divine arrangement regarding the sexes. The biblical differentiation is purely a matter of function, assigned task, and sphere of responsibility. And the question is for us, how willing are we to fit ourselves into God's arrangement? Pretty good, right? It's pretty good. I hope, I hope it, it, it helps kind of summarize what I want to make sure I say. It's just about function. And so, yes, I want to say this. I, I told, I think it was Gibson the other day. We were mentioning this a little bit and I said, son, I'm, I'm thankful. This is prominent. There's a lot more female preachers and a lot more I said, but I'm here to tell you, you are the one that's going to have to fight against it. More so than even I am. And so we had this conversation just the other day. Um, okay. I just wanted to talk through this a little bit. Um, and the reason why I say that is because the history of man, I'm going to go back to what Ms. Moore said. It can be 2,000 years from now doesn't matter the culture. 
Adam was formed first. And that was God's design. For the marriage relationship and for the church. Okay? All right. Now, with that said, I want to move on. I've got 15 minutes to go back. Let me go back to Genesis chapter 3. All right. So he said to Adam, okay, here you go. Because you sinned, this is what's going to happen. Now, last week, we talked about, you know, he said, if you eat of this tree, you shall surely die. He said that. Now, I told you last week I wasn't going to deal with what that death, you know, specifically was. You know, I, I think I may have mentioned some options there. But the point was, I'm not going to do it tonight either. You need to do your study. Okay. However... There is potentially a little bit of insight if you get down to verse 19, you know, if, if, if what it might kind of mean. Um, but that's okay. I'm not even going to say that in verse 19 potentially, but that's all right. What I do want to talk about is that death and how that death has now been, you know, expanded across all humanity. And the chapter that I want to use, it's a difficult one. Man, I have, man, I have really been blessed by studying this, but, but I'm going to tell you what. I've studied it, I know, several times. And it has been really, really hard for me to understand, but I, 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 maybe I can support us in our thoughts tonight a little bit in Romans chapter 5. So please turn there, Romans chapter 5. Okay? Romans chapter 5, it is an amazing chapter. I, I'm, I'm sorry that we're not going to read the whole chapter because, man, it's, it's, an, it's an amazing chapter talking about what, what God has done through Jesus Christ for us, okay? But I'm going to start in verse 12, okay? And I'm going to read verses 12 through the end of the chapter. So I want you to, I want you to do your best to follow along and, and try to take notes in your head of things that catch your attention. And, and, and then we'll try to dissect it a little bit as we get down uh, to talk about how I want to finish this topic of sin. Starting in verse 12, Romans chapter 5. Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man, and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all sinned. For sin indeed was in the world before the law was given, but sin is not counted where there is no law. Yet death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those whose sinning was not like the transgression of Adam, who was a type of the one who was to come. But the free gift is not like the trespass. For if many died through one man's trespass, much more have the grace of God and the free gift by, grace, by the grace of that one man, Jesus Christ, abounded for many. And the free gift is not like the result of that one man's sin. For the judgment... Following one trespass brought condemnation, but the free gift following many trespasses brought justification. For if, because of one man's trespass, death reigned through that one man, much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. Therefore, as one trespass, as one trespass led to condemnation for all men, so one act of righteousness leads to justification in life for all men. For as by one man's disobedience, the many were made sinners. So by the one man's obedience, the many were made, will be made righteous. Now the law came in to increase the trespass, but where is, 
where sin increased, grace abounded all the more. So that as sin reigned in death, grace also might reign through righteousness, leading to eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Oh, that was a lot. I do want to break this down quickly, though. And the reason why I want to break this down, and I'll go ahead and tell you the reason why, is verses 18 and 19. Specifically, I'm going to say verse 19 may be the little bit one, the one that's harder to swallow, when he says, for as by one man's disobedience, the many were made sinners. There's been so many throughout history, and it started really, and it started early on, but it started really in 500 AD, this whole concept that, look, we're all evil, we're made evil, we were born evil, that means we were born sinners. And the reason why is because Adam sinned and he passed it on to all of us. By the way, that debate that happened in 500 AD, I'm not going to tell you the names because I don't have them in front of me, but that debate that happened in 500 AD, there was one who said, no, we are free moral agents and it's our sin that causes us to die, right? Spiritual death. And the other one said, no, we were born into it. The only reason why he lost that debate in 500 AD was because he was baptizing babies. And he says, well, you can't, you can't baptize babies and say that. It's the reason why some baptize babies. Now, with all that said, I want to break down this text real quick. There's a key point that I want to make, and I, I do believe this. I do believe this. That hyphen is a big hyphen after verse 12. It seems what happens here, if, you, if you're not careful, you'll get lost, okay? And that's what I do. I got lost in reading that. Just by reading through it again, I got lost. But if I, if I know how to break this text down, it's so much easier to understand. So let me, let me break it down in, in, in high level for you real quick. And then maybe when you go home to do a deeper study, whenever that might be, you can understand it better. That hyphen in verse 12 tells us that, hey... Paul breaks his thought a little bit. He doesn't break his thought and says he changed the subject, but he doesn't complete the sentence. So he starts in verse 12 and he says this sentence, Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all sinned, he doesn't really finish that sentence. He doesn't finish that sentence until about verse 18. So if you're doing your study at home, do that. Start with verse 12, finish it, then go down to 18 and read it. But in between, he needs to make a couple of things clear. One is, oh, there may be this thought, you know, sin is trespassing of the what? The law. Well, what about it, Paul? There wasn't any law between Adam and Moses. Therefore, does sin exist? Well, he deals with that. Yes, it existed. Why? Death existed. Therefore, sin existed. So he, he, he wanted to break that down real quick. And so he says, hey, and just so you know, sin existed even in the time from Adam to Moses. Even though the sin wasn't exactly like that of Adam, even though the sin is not like the, what's going to happen, you know, after it was, you know, really made existence after the law. But the point is, it really made clear. But it existed. And so he, he says that, but then he gets to the end of verse 12, 14, excuse me, and he says, and Adam, who was a type of the one who was to come, uh-oh, now he's brought up a subject that he's really got to take care of. How is Adam like our Savior? And so he spends verses 15 through verse 17 kind of explaining that. But then he completes his thought in verse 18. He says, 
Therefore, as one trespass led to condemnation for all. Uh Uh-oh. What is that condemnation? It was death. Because of Adam's sin, death came into this world, right? It came into this world. That was the condemnation. And if you go back and, 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 and put that in perspective to verse 12, it makes sense, right? Death through sin, right? But then you get verse 19. And this is the one I struggled with explaining. Not I struggled with an understanding because I, I don't... There's one truth and principle you need to always remember. The Bible never, ever contradicts itself. Very simple principle. If you were just to read this context, if you were just to just take verse 19 and that's all you take, maybe you could have this argument. Well, did Adam really now bring sin to everybody that's born? Are they born in sin? I want to break this down for you, verse 19. Use the context if anybody ever talks to you about this. For as by one man's disobedience the many were made sinners, so by the one man's obedience the many will be made righteous. Now let me ask you a more obvious question. Just because Christ came, he was obedient, died on the cross and shed his blood for us, are we automatically righteous? No, and nobody's going to argue that. But yet they're going to look at you in the previous phrase and they're going to say, well, let me ask that sentence now. Remember that context and let me go to this one. Just because Adam sinned, does that make us born sinners? No, it's the same way that just because Christ was obedient, it doesn't make us righteous. What it does what it did. It doesn't talk about how we become sinners. It doesn't cause how we became righteous. It just says because of Adam, their sin, we are made sinners. Because of Christ, we can be made righteous. But the reason why I tell you this, and this is where I'm probably going to fail at the end of this as far as being able to make my point as clear as I want. Martin Luther took this whole concept of total depravity and he took it and then he built this tulip concept out of it and the very last part of it is perseverance of the saints. And the only reason why he says there's perseverance of the saints is because you have to build to make the total depravity, the fact that we're born in sin, fit. And because of that, and that happened around 1600, folks, a lot of our friends... A lot of the religious world does not understand sin, how it works. But if you can make sure you teach people that we're not born to sin, everything else in that system of belief that he decided to develop doesn't fit. Now, I told you that was, I was going to mess that one up because time was short and I wasn't able to get to that in more deeper study, but... If you want to have that study with me, I'm I'm more than welcome to to share it. Or if you want to see my notes, I'm more than welcome to share it. All right. Now, let's finish with this. What I really love about this text. And why I hate I spent so much time on 18 and 19. I just want you to read verse 17 again. I love this. Because of one man's trespass, death reigned through that one man. 
much more, folks, will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. And then verse 21. So that as sin reigned in death, grace also might reign through righteousness leading to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Folks, I hope if you have sin in your life that you will make that right and you will never forget and never take for granted the gift that Christ gave us which is the gift of righteousness. If you have not had a chance to take the Lord's Supper, I hope you will, or we, we ask you, you can, you can leave now and, and go to the uh, little chapel and it'll, it'll be there waiting for you. And then the last thing I want to say, we will start talking about Jesus Christ next week. Okay? So if you think about it, we've talked about the Bible, the Godhead, We've talked about sin, history of man, and then sin. And that all leads us to Jesus Christ. And so Drew will lead us in our thoughts next week as we talk about Christ. And a little bit more in understanding about him. Bow with me, please. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you. Thank you for just this time together. I am so thankful for each individual that's here in this auditorium for those that are in the classes for those that's in the annex father i'm we're so blessed here at boonville to have such a loving church family and father i pray for and we pray for this congregation here please help us serve you help us not take advantage of the gift that christ has has given us through his death his resurrection and father please help us as we try to live for you and glorify you it's in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you all very much.